Okay. Is that better? Can people hear me now? Yeah. Excellent. If I start to squeal, I apologize. I'm not going to go through all that again, um, but welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a great privilege. Um, I could so happily uh, sit down now and finish. That worship time was incredible. Okay, I love it when, uh, when somebody prepares a word, when somebody prepares some worship for us. Uh, but then we arrive, and first of all, that you're in complete harmony with one another. You know, we don't sit down. We did sit down, but only to confirm what the word was. Um, but then to have the spirit break out in the meeting itself and confirm through multiple voices the same thing, you know you've got it right. Um, but you're going to have to listen to me anyway. Is that okay? <laughs> I need the practice. Uh, it's a really familiar story. Um, but when I was praying for this church, when I was praying for us, uh, the Lord showed me a picture. It's actually the first time in preparing a sermon that the Lord showed me a picture. Normally he gives me a word, normally he gives me a scripture. So this time is special. Okay, for me, for you, hopefully, um, it's God's word, so it's going to be good. But the picture I saw was of 300 men stood in a circle carrying 300 torches with 300 horns and the Lord had given them the victory. Now, for those of you who read your Bibles, you'll know that today we're going to talk about Gideon, okay, because that's what Gideon did. We're going to get to that at the end, but I wanted to just set the scene. Gideon was a, uh, a good man. He was a big man. He was a man of God. We know that he was described uh, by the angel as a mighty warrior, okay, but this is a guy who is in a wine press. He's kind of a wine press in those days, would have been a, a big empty hole in the ground, and he was hiding. He is a warrior, someone who was respected amongst his people as a warrior, but he was hiding. He was in fear of the Midianites and the other nations that were around at the time because they had looted them. They had taken the lot. This is a nation, Israel at the time was a nation that was starving. Seven years they'd been under constant attack. Can you imagine? We've been very fortunate. I've been very fortunate to be in a generation where we've not experienced a war on home soil. Okay, we've had war on foreign soil in recent years, but I've never experienced that. And I cannot comprehend the level of pain and anguish and suffering and hunger for being under attack for seven years in a physical war sense. But this is what's happening to these guys. What I can imagine because I believe the Lord speaks to us through these stories into our current lives, is I can imagine being under persecution for seven years, being under pressure for seven years, being under anxiety for seven years, being under stress for seven years. Seven minutes even is pretty horrible, isn't it? We don't like this. It's, the number seven isn't really important to what I'm talking about today. The point is that we can be under attack, and under attack can mean several different things. I think that each one of you today, in one way or another, even before coming, can relate to that part of this story about being under pressure, under attack, something not going your way, something that is beyond your control. I wrote down some examples. <clears throat> it might be the uh, central heating blowing up in the middle of winter. I have a friend at the moment with three children, single mum at home. The central heating's packed up. You know, can you imagine having three young children at home with absolutely no money and no way of fixing that central heating? Yeah, I bet she feels a bit like Gideon right now. And the Israelites. It could be your tax bill. 
I often pay my tax bill on time uh, and in small chunks, but some people don't. It could be financial pressure of a, of a different sort. It could be debt. It could be a relationship. It could be a prodigal in your life. As I've been praying for this church, by the way, the Lord has started to speak to me about prodigals. He hasn't shown me anybody particularly. He hasn't given me any particular strategy, but he's given me a heart for them. Uh, and I think that's really encouraging. For me, I was a prodigal for <coughs> many, many, many years. Um, and my mum prayed for me every day. Every single day as a prayer What You'll meet my mum, because I'm a proper mum's boy. She's going to come across from Bristol and visit you guys one day. She'll probably tell you some embarrassing stories about me, but that's okay. Uh, but she's going to come. But she prayed for me every day. And even when she saw breakthroughs, she carried on praying for me. When she saw me backsliding again, she carried on praying for me. When she saw breakthroughs again, she carried on praying for me. Unfortunately, that story loops a few more times than I'd like it to, because I backslid a couple of times when I was young. Um, I couldn't really make my mind up. But this is where Gideon is at. So Gideon is in a wine press, he's hiding, his people are under persecution, he's under persecution. He ain't feeling great about this situation. I can imagine as Gideon would, I'd be praying into this situation. I'd be going, Lord, come and, and save us. Come and save me. Come and give some relief to our people. You said our ancestors, you said you promised us you would care for us. You promised us that this wouldn't happen. Come. I would probably choose to pray to the one true God as opposed to the one true God and a few others just in case uh, and make up a few ones, Baal being an example. But this is actually what the Israelites had done. So Gideon was praying to God. I don't think it says if he was praying to others. I know his father was. But his people had been praying to Baal. Okay, this is false idol stuff. So the Lord had just taken a step back from them and gone, I'm not happy. You know what I told you? All you had to do was worship me. But you didn't. You had to go and worship something else too. So God just took a step back. Gideon didn't. Gideon was described as a mighty hero. An angel came to see him in the winepress and he said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Just before that, a prophet had come and said, Get ready, I'm coming. <laughs> it sounds like a Marvel movie. Are you guys into Batman and Robin and people like that? Iron Man? No, I am. So uh, you're going to get a few references like that. Not today, maybe, but a few more. But you're a mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And God calls him. God tells him what he's going to do. He said, you're going to come. I'm going to come and help you. Okay. So Gideon, I think in response to that, doesn't just say, okay, God, I'll, I'll do that. If we're called to do stuff, and we are, it would be a good place to start to say, yep, yeah, I'm in. I'll go. I'll send, send me. God sent me. Okay, I'll go. Thank you. But he actually goes a few steps beyond. He prepares himself and he prepares his people. Now, obviously, he's a bit scared. I would be too if I went up against all of my people, uh, especially a few thousand people. So he goes out at night and he rips down the false idols. He rips down the, the altars of Baal when all of his other people are asleep. They wake up in the morning and everybody is fuming. Everybody's angry. Why have you done this to us? Why have you ripped down our idols? Why have you ripped down our altars? And his dad steps in and says, you know... If you believe in Baal, let Baal fight his own battles, okay? So if Baal is real, he will strike down whoever it was that ripped down his altars, okay? 
I like that. Uh, that's kind of, I think I've said this before. <clears throat> My God's bigger than your God. <laughs> My God's real, yeah. And I'm sure we've all said that. If we have grandchildren, I'm sure we've all said I'm a youth leader. I've definitely said that a few times. So we're just setting a scene now that, that Gideon has been called out of, a, out of a pretty bad place, in a pretty bad situation. And he's kind of saying, yes, I'll do it. But we can feel a sense of anxiety there. And I can relate to that. I'm just about to move halfway across the country and join a church that I visited twice. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I feel a little bit, a little bit like Gideon. Not too much. And we know actually that that anxiety is well rooted because he actually asked God to confirm this a few times. We have a fleece on the floor. We say uh, we have um, uh, what's it? It was a goat. I think it was a goat covered in some broth, and then the, the angel set it alight. Now these weren't tests. These were confirmations. This is not if your God is real, jump off this mountain and you will fly. Testing of Jesus stuff. This is if I've got this right, confirm it. How often have we said, God, if it's right, then let it be. If it's wrong, close the door. Slightly off topic, then how many times have we crossed that God closed the door? You got what you prayed for, you know? Be careful what you pray for, it will happen. Um, but Gideon is in motion, okay? Ever so anxiety-wise, ever so slowly, but he's in action. He's ripped down the false idols, and he's off. Isn't it funny that I made a big thing about him being a little bit anxious, but that wasn't his mistake. His mistake is coming now, where he musters all of his might, okay? Now that'll be his might, that'll be his family, that'll be his people, that'll be his army. And remember, he's just upset them. He's ripped down all their idols, okay? So the fact that they will get up and follow him, it's actually a miracle in itself. That would be like me doing the one thing you haven't, you didn't want me to do, and the next day then you following me, I don't know, to a plane. This is good. You should come to a plane, by the way. A plane's really good fun. Um, so the people get up and follow him. Now this is actually where the problems begin. And this is what I believe the Lord is speaking to you today. Now I don't believe that this is a prophetic word for the church as a whole. I believe that this is a prophetic word for some people in the church. I don't know who you are. Maybe you did from the worship session. Maybe you already know who you are. <coughs> Sorry. Gideon got circa 30,000 men together to go into battle. And the only thing we know about the enemy is that they couldn't be counted. They were a number of locusts. The camels were like grains of sand in the desert. How many grains? How many do you know how many hairs on the head? I couldn't count that. I don't think I could count how many grains of sand in a cup of tea, uh, or how many grains of sugar in a cup of tea, let alone the grains of sand in a desert. And that was just their camels. Imagine the men. This is a mighty army. So you might say 30,000 men probably wouldn't be enough. But for God, that was actually too many. He said, if you do this like that, you might think you did it in your own strength. Just think about that. I don't want to upset anybody, but I do want you to think about something in your life. Maybe one of those examples I gave earlier on. Maybe you already know what God is saying to you. But I think there's something in your life that you're trying to overcome, probably with prayer included, 
using your own logic and your own strength, your 30,000 men in your army. And I think God is saying to you, I'm not going to let you do it like that. Because if you do it like that, you may claim that you did it in your strength and not mine. I actually think God is going one step further again. And he's not getting you down to, I think it was 22,000 men. He wants to get you down to 300 men. This is what happened. I'm not, I did some research, by the way, because depending on which Bible you read, uh, it gets really confusing when they talk about, you know, take them to the water, you know, the scripture, okay, and, and they lap it, you know, some will, some will drink it civilised, some will drink it and lap it up like water. Depending on which version of the Bible, some that do lap like dogs are the ones that stay, some that do lap like dogs are the ones that go home. That really isn't the important part of the scripture. The important part of the scripture is that God wanted less people there. Okay, so we go from 30,000, we go through the story and we get to 300. God knows you're 300. You have to let him strip away the 30,000 to get to your 300. I think when you get to 300, you will be stood with your 300 in a circle around your issue, with your torch in your hand, with your horn in your hand, celebrating your victory over your enemy that you think is insurmountable. The enemy that you don't think you can win against. There's something in your heart, something in your mind, something in your life that you don't think you can win with 30,000. God knows he can win with 300. The truth is he probably doesn't need that either. But he's going to win. Well... I did that really fast, okay? And I'd like to bless you guys by allowing you to get your teas and coffees really early, you know? I prepared about 15 minutes worth today. Another day will be longer, I promise. I'll build you up over a period of time. But I want you to think, what is this battle in your life? What is the victory? And then I want you to go and collect it. And to collect your victory, you first have to put down your tools that you're using to get the problem solved. I don't know what that is. If you want to come speak to me afterwards, or, or, or Tim, or Keith, or Brian, we'll pray with you. We might be able to give you some wisdom, probably just pray with you. Uh, we'll help you. That's what we're here for. Um, but ultimately, I think you have to identify that you've got a problem first. You've got a problem, and you ain't going to fix it. You're not. God's going to fix it for you. Can I pray with you, actually, before we do that? Is that am I going to get told off for finishing early? No. Is that right? Or are we all going to celebrate and finish early? Is that Okay. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the hospitality I've been shown in this church so far. What a wonderful bunch of people. What a wonderful family that you've created here. And Lord, we submit ourselves to you now. We know that you have something greater for us personally, corporately, as a team, as a family together, Lord. But we want to submit these things to you. These things that are troubling us, these things that are acting as a, a mist over our lives, these things that are holding us back, these things that are robbing us of our joy and your promise for us, Lord. And we're sorry that we've tried to fix these things ourselves. And we're sorry that we've used other things and other guards to try and fix these things. We submit to you, Lord, and we say, please come. Please come, we surrender everything to you. And in your power, Lord, in your strength, in your 300, give us those victories. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.